welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 585. We both sat back down next to our packs. I heard it in a story, I said, by way of explanation. A story like we tell around the fire at night. But you, he pointed to me, you have fire in your hands. You have... He snapped his fingers, then made a gesture like a fire roaring up suddenly. You have the doing of this, and you think the Adem have word fires inside? I shrugged. That is why I asked of the Lothani. It seems mad, but I have seen mad things be true, and I am curious. I hesitated before asking my other question. You said that one who knows the Lathani cannot lose a fight. Yes, but not with word fires. The Lathani is a type of knowing. Tempe paused, obviously considering his words carefully. Lathani is most important thing. All Adem learn. Mercenary learn twice. Shaheen learn three times. Most important, but complicated. Lothani is many things, but nothing touched or pointed to. Adam spend whole lives thinking on the Lothani. Very hard. Problem, he said. It is not my place to teach my leader. You are my student in language. Women teach the Lathani. I am not such. It is part of civilization, and you are a barbarian. Gentle sorrow. But you want to be civilization, and you have need of the Lathani. Explain it, I said. I will try to understand. He nodded. The Lathani is doing right things. I waited patiently for him to continue, after a minute, he gestured frustration. Now you ask questions. He took a deep breath and repeated, The Lathani is doing right things. I tried to think of an archetypical example of something good. So the Lathani is giving a hungry child food to eat? He made the wavering motion that meant yes and no. The Lathani is not doing a thing. Lathani is the thing that shows us. Lathani means rules? Laws? Tempe shook his head. No. He gestured to the forest around us. Law is from outside, controlling. It is the horse mouth metal. And the head string. Strings. And the head strings. Questioning. Bridle and bit? I suggested motioning as if pulling a horse's head about with a pair of reins. Yes. Law is bridle and bit. It controls from outside. The Lathani, he pointed between his eyes, then at his chest, lives inside. Lathani helps decide. Law is made because many have no understanding of Lathani. So with the Lathani, a person does not need to follow the law. Pause. Perhaps. 
frustration. He drew out his sword and held it parallel to the ground, its edge pointing up. If you were small, walking this sword would be like the Lathani. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. There's a sentence on this page that should be a question, and I read it like a question, but it does not have a question mark on it. Which is? Well, that's possibly because Tempe is uh, not speaking his first language, so the sentence structure is unusual. It's not. uh, It's Quoth. Quoth says it. What's the sentence? So Tempe says, the Lithani is doing right things. And then it's, I tried to think of an archetypical example of something good. And then in quotations, so the Lithani is giving a hungry child food to eat. Like that's yeah. that's yeah, a question that's more a, than it is a statement. statement. It's a statement, but it's it's also like it's it's it should it should inflect at the end like a question because well, I he's think making a fact, statement, but he's not sure. I think the fact that it ends with a period tells us that he does not inflect it as a question. He's saying so the Lithani is giving a hungry child food to eat. Oh, okay. Well, then I read it wrong. It just seemed like it should be a question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think you it's, read it it's wrong. It's a bit of a Socratic dialogue, right? Like it's a little bit of, they're both kind of trying to teach each other or they're both trying to like help each other get to the understanding because Quoth obviously wants to understand as well. And part of that is to offer uh, a sort of like a summary of your understanding and possibly even like an, an incorrect understanding. Like I don't think Quoth is, is going, ah, oh, okay, I get it. The Lathani is giving a hungry child food to eat, mm-hmm. full stop. But he is sort of inflecting it that way because he's inviting Tempe to say, no, it's actually, it's that, but it's also different. Exactly, yes. I, I think that thinking of it as a Socratic dialogue is a useful example because what Tempe is trying to articulate is that the Lathani is like a, it's a way of thinking about the world, right? It's a philosophy. It's a way of understanding like, what the right thing to do is in a given situation. It's sort of a, a, a cultural conscience, which is really interesting. I like to talk about that down the line as we learn more about it. Before we move on, though, Jordana, you know that there's no there's no test, right? You're not being graded on this. It's not like you're losing points for reading something wrong. There's no w- wrong way to read it. Even though you did fail to hand in that essay you were assigned shh, and have received no, an F. Shh, no, no, we're not. Shh, no, shh, no more. <laughs> what essay nick there was never an essay i don't know what you're talking about yes there is no essay and there is no war in bossing say <laughs> there's a lot of great philosophy here and i think that there is something very useful in pursuing kind of like fantasy philosophy uh i think a great example of that is even though, you know, I think your mileage may vary as to how seriously you take it. Uh, there's a lot of philosophy in Star Wars that's interesting and, and resonant and has been the subject of a lot of thought. And I feel that Rothfuss has put, let's say, more thought into his work on the Lothani than I suspect George Lucas put into his uh, thought into Star Wars philosophy. But what I am kind of getting at here is that, uh, well, a couple of things. First off, it's, it's good fun to uh, have a bit of philosophical like actual philosophical content in your fantasy sci-fi book i think that sci-fi in particular is very good at exploring or at least like conventionally traditionally is very good at exploring philosophical concepts so it's kind of nice to encounter that in a high fantasy setting which uh, again traditionally conventionally has been a little bit more 
profound philosophical? Uh, I mean, I was going to say like a little bit more pulpy, a little bit less concerned with such highfalutin ideals. I, I, I think that's an unfair characterization. I think that there's, you know, going all the way back to Tolkien or C.S. Lewis, fantasy has always been interested in those questions as well. It just asks them in a different way than science fiction often does. Cause science fiction is often direct, like trying to be directly allegorical in a way that fantasy isn't. Yes. I think we can all agree that there was nothing allegorical about C.S. Lewis's writings. No. Uh, like, yes, I, I realized, as I said that, that C.S. Lewis is like a prominent counterexample, uh, but it's also a classic of the genre for a reason. Yeah, because Santa Claus shows up and gives us, gives us a bunch of freaking weapons. Yeah. Every kid's dream. Yeah, and that rules. <laughs> I definitely uh, did not read enough of those books to know what you're talking about. That's in that's in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, okay. I read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I guess I just forgot that part. <laughs> um, yeah. Also, Susan is rightly punished for daring to blossom into womanhood. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> what? So, I, like... Well, as those books go on, like she doesn't get to go back to Narnia because she like discovers makeup and boys. Like she she grows up, and you can't you can't find your way back into Narnia if you're not a kid. Um, but so she doesn't get to participate in the last battle. But I don't think Peter does either. <laughs> the eldest boy of the four because he also children. discovered makeup and boys. That's right. I don't know. I I I actually couldn't read the last battle. I sort of had like maybe that was the moment I grew up. But I devoured the entire Narnia series. I had a box set, and I read the whole the whole series voraciously. And when I read the first chapter of the last battle, I just went, "Huh, I don't really want to read this. I'm not really interested in this." And I've never read it. I remember enjoying it, but I do think that your the the Narnia series offers diminishing returns as it goes on. Like I think the first three or four books are great, uh, and they get less good and they get i would say less cleverly allegorical as they go on because like you know aslan was always christ but you can make a you know you don't have to read it that way if you don't want to uh in the lion the witch in the wardrobe but you really can't get around it by the time of the last battle um but to get back to what you were talking about earlier nick because i think you've hit on something uh important fantasy fiction and science fiction can explore philosophical concepts and ideas in a way where like readers who aren't inclined to read, you know, Derrida or Descartes or Foucault or whoever they can, they can deliver us that those kinds of ideas in a novel way that makes them more palatable, makes them, makes them because they put them in a context, like a story we're enjoying reading. Uh, But they also like, I think about the philosophy contained in Star Wars or this book or The Matrix, uh, you know, on a fairly regular basis. Uh, you know, I, I have thought about those questions. They provoked me to ask questions about the way I live my life, the way other people live their lives. You know, what's it all about? That's what philosophy's for. And science fiction and fantasy because they take these ideas and put them in a sort of fantastic and entertaining setting, they allow us to explore them in a different way. Like, I'm sorry, I'm probably never going to read Foucault and I'm probably never going to study the great texts of, of Buddhist philosophy, but I've seen the matrix like 20 times. Uh, 
And I'm not saying that that's a substitute, but I am saying that like I wouldn't have encountered those ideas probably without having seen The Matrix. And I think that thinking about ideas like what, how do you define what is real? You know, how do you determine uh, fate versus free will? What are, what are the what are the questions that we have to ask to grapple with those ideas? How do you know that you're in love? Those are things that I've thought about a fair bit, but I probably wouldn't. I think the Matrix was an early example of something that gave me the that provoked me to ask the question, if you know what I mean. I see. Very well said. And the Lathani yeah. is engaged in something that all religions are engaged with and a lot of philosophy is engaged with, which is how do you determine what the right thing to do is in any given situation? And the Lathani, I think, serves the same function as a religion or a philosophy in that that's it's the framework through which the ADEM try to determine how to live a morally good life. Yeah, I, I do want to ask at some point, how we all interpret the Lathani, how we describe it. I don't want to do it yet because I don't think that we have quite got enough information on this page and so far in our current read to have a cogent take, but put that in your noggins. Uh, I'm really interested in how you would articulate it because I've been thinking about how do I describe it and, and what is what is its place and what is its place in this in this saga also, independent of where it sits for the Adem, why has it been injected into this book by its real world author, Patrick Rothfuss? If I do think that I have a working theory on that second part. Okay. Well, do you want to put a pin in it or shall we carry on and, and learn about your working theory? Uh, well, I think I kind of elaborated on it in a previous episode, but I think it's there to give Quoth an opportunity to reflect on his you know, one of his defining character flaws, which is that he does not always think about the consequences of his actions. And even when he thinks he is thinking about them, he's actually like not, you know, he, he often does not game things out to their logical extent. And I think that the reason Tempe teaches Quoth the Lathani, as we're going to learn shortly, is because Tempe has already recognized this in Quoth. Like he is reckless. He doesn't think things through and he thinks he knows better. And I need to teach him a way to think about his actions in his life that will steer him away from this recklessness that will teach him to consider his actions more carefully. And this is the best tool I have for doing that. And I think the extent to which Quoth learns the lessons that the Lathani can teach him uh, is an important thematic element of his journey towards, you know, being the person that he is in the frame narrative, who is someone who at the very least has acknowledged the extent of his own follies. Or at least some of them. Indeed. I'd like to give Jeremy the uh, goated medal. Jeremy is goated today. You're really on a roll with the uh, articulate speeches and the, the thought-provoking monologues. So well, hats off to you. Well, thank you. I, in return, would like to give you the friendship medal for being a nice co-host gassing me up i uh, don't th I've, I've never been a nice co-host and i'm not gonna start today <laughs> spits on metal throws it into a fire <laughs> ah that's the nick i know and love <laughs> is and there anything else i'll give there, our Jordana, on that tomorrow's page of <laughs> of the <laughs> 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 <laughs>